Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to This Week in True Crime, the more laid-back weekly series that takes a look at current and ongoing events in the true crime world. If you'd prefer to listen to this show in a podcast form, you can. You can find This Week in True Crime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you would usually go to listen to your podcasts. A link to the podcast version of this show can be found in the description. This week, we'll take a look at helicopter footage taken during a police chase that ended with a deputy being thrown into the air. We'll talk about the affidavits released in the prosecution of some of the participants in the attempted insurrection of the Capitol. And finally, we'll explore the recent FBI announcements on Operation Lost Angels and the 33 children that they have rescued from traffickers. All that and more coming right up. The following episode is not suitable for those under the age of 13. Viewer discretion and parental guidance is advised. Seal them in. Turn on the gas. Read one message sent between members of the Oath Keepers extremist group. The group, along with thousands of others, had just launched a violent attack against the United States Capitol buildings, an attack that would leave five people dead. Now, we're not going to delve into the political side of what happened on the 6th of January 2021. I'm sure many of you are aware of the circumstances that led up to the violent attack on the Capitol buildings. But what we are going to discuss is the recently leaked affidavit against three conspirators in the attack. Thomas Caldwell, Donovan Crowell and Jessica Watkins. All three of them were arrested on six federal charges. Just a quick warning, this little bit is a little bit boring because I'm just going over what the charges are. So honestly, skip ahead a little bit, it's a bit boring. Basically, they're just being charged with being idiots and and attempting to breach a government capital building. So that's the long story short. But if you're interested in what exactly the charges are, keep watching. But you know, if that puts you to sleep, skip on a little bit. Knowingly and willfully conspiring with others to commit an offence against the United States. Conspiring together and with others to prevent, by force, intimidation or threats, officers of the United States from discharging their duties. Attempting to willfully injure or commit depredation against any property of the United States. Corruptly obstructing, influencing and impeding an official proceeding. Entering and remaining in any restricted building and grounds without lawful authorization and knowingly with intent to impede or disrupt the orderly conduct of government business and official functions, willfully and knowingly engaging in disorderly and disruptive conduct at any place in the grounds and in any of the Capitol buildings, with the intent to impede, disrupt and disturb the orderly conduct in that building. 
Let's take a look at the background of this affidavit. As we all know, the US Capitol is located in the District of Columbia and is apparently secured 24 hours a day by US Capitol Police. According to this report, the Capitol Police maintain permanent and temporary barriers to restrict access to the Capitol exterior, and only authorized individuals with appropriate identification on are actually allowed inside the Capitol building itself. At about 1pm on the 6th of January 2021, a joint session of the US House of Representatives and the US Senate had convened in the Capitol building to affirm the Electoral College votes in the 2020 presidential election. Again, we're not going to delve into the political motives behind what happens. At about 1.30pm, the House and Senate adjourned to separate chambers to resolve an objection. As this was happening, certain individuals in a protest crowd that had been outside the Capitol building forced their way through, up and over Capitol Police barricades which had been positioned to protect the exterior of the Capitol buildings. These individuals, closely followed by a large crowd, made their way into the building's exterior facade. Capitol Police attempted to maintain the order of the crowd and tried to prevent them from breaching the Capitol building, which had lots of doors and windows that were locked and secured. However, shortly after 2pm, members of this crowd forced their way into the building and breached the Capitol. They did this by breaking windows and assaulting Capitol Police officers. Participants in the crowd actively encouraged this, cheering individuals on and assisting in these criminal acts. As can be presumed, no member of the crowd had been permitted entry to the Capitol, and none of the crowd had been subjected to security screenings or weapon checks prior to the breach of the building. Although it is a bit funny to think that this angry and violent crowd would simply just stop, stop their attack. One second, everyone line up. Let's all go through what is more or less airport security to make sure you can go in. <laughs> I don't know, that just... At about 2.20pm, members of the House and Senate were evacuated from the chambers while Capitol Police and other law enforcement attempted to clear the Capitol of the trespassing violent crowd. During this violent attack, approximately 81 members of the US Capitol Police Force and 58 members of the Metropolitan Police Department were assaulted. Thousands of dollars worth of damages were sustained to the Capitol building, including broken windows, doors, light fixtures, graffiti, and residue from various pepper sprays, tear gas, and fire extinguishers used by both the police and by the crowd. As this happened in 2021, video footage of what was going on inside was not something hard to come by, as many members of the crowd and many members of the media used their smartphones and cameras to record the chaos that was unfolding. This riot and violent attack against the US Capitol, a building that represents the democracy of the United States, ended in the deaths of five people. One of those deaths was a Capitol Police officer, with the four others being members of the crowd that had stormed the building. What's most interesting about this affidavit is its uncovering of the extremist paramilitary organisation called the Oath Keepers. 
According to the document, the Oath Keepers are a large but loosely organised collection of militia who believe that the federal government has been cooped by a shadowy conspiracy that is trying to strip American citizens of their rights. The Oath Keepers accept anyone as members, which is contrary to what most paramilitary extremist organisations do, usually have to be, you know, in the military, ex-military, you know, something along those lines. The FBI were quick to find conclusive evidence that members of the Oath Keepers had been present in the crowd that breached the Capitol. Thomas Caldwell, a 65-year-old resident of Clark County, Virginia, is believed by the FBI to have a leadership role within the Oath Keepers. And it is alleged that Thomas planned alongside Donovan Kroll and Jessica Watkins and other people who are known and some who are unknown to the FBI to forcibly storm the US Capitol. Donovan Crowell is a 50-year-old resident from Champaign County, Ohio, and is a known member of the Ohio Division of the Oath Keepers. Jessica Watkins is a 38-year-old resident from the same place, Champaign County, Ohio, and like Donovan Crowell, was also a member of the Ohio Division of the Oath Keepers. The evidence brought against them is very damning with a lot of the footage from the attack being uploaded to various different social media platforms, such as YouTube. One of the major pieces of footage submitted as evidence in this case was a video depicting eight to 10 individuals in paramilitary equipment aggressively approaching an entrance to the Capitol building. The individuals were donned in helmets, reinforced vests, and clothing with the Oath Keeper paraphernalia all over it. They moved in an organized and almost practiced fashion, forcing their way into the fronts of the crowd. Also in this video. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The uncovered face of an individual dressed in the aforementioned fashion is shown. This individual was identified to be that of Jessica Watkins. It was further confirmed from social media posts by Jessica of her presence at the attack. Jessica even posted a picture of herself on social media, wearing an outfit matching the one seen in the video. More posts by Jessica further condemned any ounce of innocence. Quote, yeah, we stormed the Capitol today, tear gassed the whole nine, pushed our way into the rotunda, made it into the Senate even, the news is lying, even Fox, about the historical events we created today. Another post made in response to someone challenging whether they had actually forced entry into the Capitol read, quote, Nope, forced, light rugby. We entered through the back door of the Capitol. On top of all of this, Jessica even gave a newspaper interview about what had happened. And in this interview, she confirms that she was in fact a member of the Oath Keepers and that she had in fact participated in the incursion. Jessica also shared an image of another man on social media, later identified to be Donovan Kroll, with the caption, quote, One of my guys at the Stop the Steal rally today. 
the FBI positively confirmed the man to have been Donovan Crawl. Further images of Donovan inside the Capitol building also emerged, which concreted his attendance and participation in the attack. Thomas Caldwell sent a video on Facebook that had been taken near the Capitol buildings, which depicted them forcing entry. A later caption read, quote, Us storming the castle. Please share. Sharon was right with me. I am such an instigator. She was ready for it, man. Didn't even mind the tear gas. Two minutes after that post, Donovan made another post, quote, Proud boys scuffled with cops and drove them inside to hide. Breached the doors. One guy made it all the way to the house floor. Another to Pelosi's office. A good time. Cell phone records also placed all three of the defendants in the vicinity of the Capitol building at the time, and all three of them were arrested under warrants, with search warrants being issued for their homes. In the home of Jessica Watkins, officers located instructions for making plastic explosives from bleach, and protective and battle gear of the kind worn during the attacks. All three now await a formal trial, and I do not doubt that they will be prosecuted under the full force of the law. Regardless of your political alignment, these acts of domestic terrorism threatened the very heart of United States democracy, and it was an act that ultimately left five people dead. The fact alone that they uncovered these instructions for making a bomb just indicated to what degree these attackers thought they were going to go to in the building. They could have murdered so many more people. They could have murdered important members of the government and innocent bystanders. We'll revisit this case and the outcomes in a later This Week in True Crime episode. Up next, a 23-year-old Florida woman slams into a sheriff's deputy in a desperate attempt to escape. I must warn you of the graphic nature contained in the video I'm about to show. For those listening to this in podcast form, the video I'm about to show depicts footage taken from a helicopter as a vehicle slams into a police officer and throws her to the ground. The 23-year-old woman, now named as Katrina Van Fossen, had been driving a stolen white Ford Taurus. Last Wednesday, on the 20th of January 2021, Katrina became involved in a traffic accident, though, due to her vehicle actually being stolen, she fled the scene. Her stolen vehicle was then spotted later that day in a parking lot, with officers being dispatched to arrest the 23-year-old for leaving the scene of an accident, for motor vehicle theft, and for fleeing police at a high rate of speed after she sped away really fast from the vehicle collision site. Though, when the officers tried to block her into the parking lot, Katrina decided she had other ideas. She tried to brute force her way past the police cars, causing a deputy to get out of her unmarked police car, Upon seeing this, Katrina sped up and hit the deputy. Thankfully, the Manatee County Sheriff's Office has disclosed the deputy to be in a good condition and to have not sustained serious injuries. 
Katerina van Fossen was subsequently arrested and charged with all of the aforementioned charges alongside attempted murder of a police officer and several probation violations and contempt charges. Finally, on this episode of This Week in True Crime, let's take a look at Operation Lost Angels, a multi-day human trafficking operation spearheaded by the Los Angeles field office of the FBI that has saved the lives of 33 children. An initiative launched on the 11th of January 2021, dubbed Operation Lost Angels, has resulted in the recovery of 33 children from human trafficking. In a combined effort between the FBI, the Los Angeles Police Department, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, and more than two dozen law enforcement and non-governmental partners, Operation Lost Angels worked to identify, locate, and recover missing children, with a strong focus on those who have been or were suspected of being sexually exploited and or trafficked. Out of the 33 children that were recovered in this operation, eight of them were being actively sexually exploited. Notably, two of the 33 children recovered were actually recovered multiple times. According to the press statement from the FBI, quote, it is not uncommon for victims who are rescued to return to commercial sex trafficking, either voluntarily or by force, fraud, or coercion. This harmful cycle highlights the challenges victims face and those faced by law enforcement when attempting to keep victims from returning to an abusive situation. Victims may not self-identify as being trafficked or may not even realize they're being trafficked. Several other victims located had been sexually exploited in the past and were considered vulnerable missing children prior to their recovery. Additionally, the operation resulted in the arrest on state charges of one suspected human trafficker and the opening of multiple investigations. Some of the minor victims were arrested for probation violations, robbery, or other misdemeanors. One child was a victim of a non-custodial parental kidnapping. It's a bittersweet announcement for this operation. On one hand, it's amazing that these children have been rescued by the authorities from such a horrific situation. But on the other hand, it's heartbreaking and devastating that these children have been subjected to such traumatic abuse. I'm unsure what the next stages for these children may be and what is going to happen to them now. I've left a link in the description and added a fundraiser to the side of this video for the Saving Innocence organization, which is a charity that works with law enforcement in rehabilitating children rescued from human trafficking and other dangerous situations. And that story brings us to an end in this episode of This Week in True Crime. I hope you like this slightly differently formatted series. I'm hoping to use it to bring more awareness to several different cases, including this in person's cases, and to use it as a fundraising opportunity for a whole host of organizations and charities. Make sure you're subscribed to this channel and you've hit that bell icon so you can be notified every single time I post a brand new video on this channel. If you can give a thumbs up and leave a comment down below to help this video in YouTube's algorithm so we can get these stories in front of more people and bring more awareness to these cases, I will be forever grateful. I usually post Curious Case episodes, a series focused on deep diving into solved true crime cases every Sunday, so make sure you're subscribed for that too. And with all that being said, I'll see you in the next case. <laughs>